Episode 4, Life on the Loop, brought to you by Marcus Crow and the bald man, Patrick Faraday. Brilliant, same introduction, <laughs> never fails. I just want to state that you're bald. Well, the listeners know that from the last episode. <laughs> hasn't grown back, has it? Uh, how was your week, mate? How was it? Was it good? Been a great week, honestly. It, I've got nothing to complain about. I really don't. Honestly, I would say the same, but it's been a bit of a tough, tough week for me. Tough week? 100%. It has been a struggle, honestly. It's, I had some players that, honestly, couldn't hit a ball if they even tried. But, today, bless you. <laughs> but, honestly, today was one of the best loops and the best days that we've had so far. Would you agree? I'd agree. Shall we run through for the listener exactly, Let's just run exactly what happened? I, I agree. I'll I'll uh, I'll start off. So it's Tuesday, and we decided to to push the pod to Wednesday, considering our very busy weekend schedule. And I feel like most of our content comes from the weekend. Therefore, we wanted to kind of give you a little bit more insight of what has happened throughout the week. So I had an absolute terrible terrible week you love to see it you just love to see it as a neutral honestly from a neutral perspective yeah it's great banter but honestly from my side of the story it's been awful but today sums up life on the loop no you, it does it really does this is look we've i think we just got to delve into the story because the listeners haven't got a scooby-doo what's going on no scooby-doo but as i say we wanted to touch on a little bit of the gambling side but we wanted to dive straight into how we feel about today's loop. So we started off looping for one of our regulars, and he's one of the great members of the club. He's a good player. He invited some very good golfers. And midway through the round, uh, we realized that one of the guests was a member of Bayoun. It wasn't midway through. I was walking down number one fairway, and I was like, see this bag tag? This is a bad man club. <laughs> it's a bad man club. It is. It is honestly one of the most elite clubs, not just in New York, but actually probably the country. Yes. And somehow, Mr. Faraday, the bold man himself, got the invite. Three well, o'clock tea time. This is the thing. Golf club. When I sniff a course that I want to get on, <laughs> I will go to depths that no man will ever be willing to go to get that invite and today was a prime example uh, of this that is, this is why I love you Faraday this is why I love you because you you go to the depths of the dungeon it's, it's the thing is it's a money can't buy experience honestly today was one of the best golf courses other than Dominican Republic when we went for Patrick's 30th ever played but before we get there, so long story short, I noticed the bag tag, Bayon Golf Club. Let's cut to the chase. Bayon, quality track, very exclusive, high end, completely private. No one can get in there. So I've got to do the dirty work, got to grind, hustle, win this guy over. Essentially, it, I didn't really have to do that much. I was talking to him about it, said to him, look, bro, quality track. I'd love to play there. He, on the spot, said, boom, 3 p.m., you boys want to come? I've got a tea time. And I said, 
dude. I'm 100% there. You confirm it with me after the loop, we'll be there. We finish the round, man confirms it, that's it. We finish loop, we're on our way to Bayonne. Easy as beans. Honestly, that was one of the best things I've heard all week. Because I've had a tough week. Honestly, cutting for a lot of terrible golfers. And you then coming up to me and saying, hey, we've got a confirmed tea time at 3pm at Bayonne. So we basically finished the loop, ended up having some great golf, and came home, quickly changed about 45 minutes to an hour to our tea time, got there. Even just the entrance of the club. Oh, it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Just about half a mile long, up the up the hills of to which is, as I say, one of the best clubs in, in the city. And we got there greeted by one of the concierge attendants and They took the whip underground. We got out and, that's and true. the car just disappeared. It no did. idea where it went. I know. Into the ground. Into the ground. Never it to be seen until we finished. Clubs out the car and greeted by the member to which then we scouted the range, which I'm sure some of you have seen it from uh, from my story. You're hitting into the Hudson River. That, that for, for a start, for me, is just... It's amazing. And we met one of the guests who was a member of many places in, in the Hamptons, to which he, he spends most of his time in the city. And I just knew from then it was just this day couldn't get any better. Oh, it, it was it was it was absolutely top class. Everything like the the pro shop, the check in, the facilities is, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's just one of those gaffes that the club that we carry for down south, is on similar levels. But this place just topped it by two or three. Maybe it's because we are used to the facilities and the environment that we are down south. But the the whole environment, the whole interaction, whether you're a caddy or not was just top-notch it was just so elite and the best part of it as well is the member goes what do you boys want so straight away we just go transfusion tranny transfusion tranny speaking of which how would you rate that tranny honestly that transfusion was up there with the club that we are down south it yes. was it was honestly 10 out of 10 i, I it had agree. the perfect combination of vodka ginger ale and grape juice it was fantastic yeah. it started off the, it started off the round like how we expect to start a round at a high end country club or a high end golf club and from then on it was just phenomenal the views the, the whole shape and honestly it, it got better and better as the day got on no I, I agree the tranny was world class the track was world class. We had caddies, so we were essentially the recipients of a loop today, which is kind of it was nice. it was really good. And and I always feel like when you go to a club, no matter what the standard is, it's just so easy for them because we get it. You know what I'm saying? Like we we get the whole caddy yeah. situation. They they can tell by the way we swing the club. They can tell by the way we look and act and everything like that. They know it's going to be an easy loop. My, my guy even said it. My guy Gordon, shout out Big Gordon, he even said to me, I was pulling one of the flags out, and he was like, oh, bro, let me do some caddy and view, all right? He, he, had, he had a jolly. Man was just lugging a bag, 
He literally was. He he was enjoying every second of it because he knew that he wasn't really going to have to do much. He was just going to have a good time, like we were. Um, but yeah, we we've had a busy week, as I say. That 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 is just a little touch on what today happened. But we we've played Trump Golf Links Ferry Point, which was an amazing course. Mm. As I say, it it was a public track. We had so much fun. The course was in fantastic condition, and. Then leading on from that, we actually went to view the Live Tour in uh, in New Jersey in Bedminster, which also was an absolute amazing experience. A very new experience, obviously, to, to most of us uh, looking into the Live Tour and, and, and seeing Donald Trump himself was was quite an experience, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen him in the flesh, obviously. But what a character. The man loves his golf and the crowd just go wild. He was just hanging out at that 16th tee box. Literally, it, it was like a it was like a composer for an orchestra. He was just there, like <laughs> conducting the crowd, like giving them chants, like egging them on. It was no, it was quite incredible to see the response. Actually, you know what? I think that people really do, unfortunately, see Donald Trump on the negative side of the media, and and they they analyze a lot of the things that he says. But the guy just loves his life, and I think that unless you see him in the flesh and you you see how he acts within the environment that he's in he's just one of us he he actually really is and i think that he just loves golf he loves the atmosphere and he actually felt like these guys who are playing golf at the highest highest level no matter what tour you're on he just wants to be involved and i really feel like people need to experience that first before judging him do you feel do you feel that or I, I, I do. I mean, I still think, regardless, some people are going to dislike the guy anyway. But you, you cannot, you can't criticize his golf courses. His golf courses, political affiliations aside, are top notch. Like, there's nothing to criticize about the courses. Ferry Point, where he played, world class. Trump Bedminster, where the live was at, world class. I mean, if you hate the guy, you hate the guy. But his golf courses, they really are. Absolutely yeah. exceptional. No, it, the, honestly, the Live Tour has grown on me after being there. It's 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 different from the PJ Tour. It's more of a party atmosphere, not as like uptight. the The crowd was, if we're honest, the crowd was pretty wild. Like they were chatting, they were like, they were they were like hurling chants and abuse at the players, even to the point where Bryson was literally doing crowd control. Like Bryson was whistling, like to get people to quiet down. He was telling people to be respectful. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was actually pretty wild, to be honest. No, that, that that's quite interesting. You you touch on that um, aspect of it because normally it's the caddies, yeah, who kind of come in and, and, and hush the crowd and, and and tell them, you know, be quiet, respect the players, all that kind of stuff. And it was really quite nice to see that the players. Are taking control of it of the live tour because they know that the live tour is a party scene and they know that's a bit of a party tour and honestly i think it's helped golf massively and i and I, as i say after this weekend i've really changed my view of the live tour i still think it's a mickey mouse tour don't get me wrong but i think that the more high profile players that are added to this tour will advance the tour quite you know, significantly in the, in the weeks and months to come, I think. Indeed. You heard it here first, folks. Crow says the Live is a Mickey Mouse tour. 
we'll see if he comes to eat his words in four tournaments time when <laughs> Tiger Woods tees it up oh if Tiger Woods tees it off on the live tour I mean that will change the game man's massively. been offered rumor has it he's been offered between 700 and 800 million to join the tour I mean that's just as yeah, he is right now it's not all of it moving it left to right are you kidding we almost hold it in the air do you also want to touch on your highlight from the event being the alcoholic that you are so part of the uh, the live tour is you are within the tee box and especially with you know the atmosphere that it is I was calling Faraday, wondering where he was, because he probably went on a, on a tangent because oh, he wanted to. I miss uh, you. Where are you? <laughs> he wanted, he wanted to you. see where Henry Henny Henny Stenson was. Obviously, he loves him. European stalwart. Absolutely. And I was on the 16 tee box, par three, and they were throwing beers into the crowd. Crow could smell. He can smell a Bud Light can from a mile away. <laughs> He's like a shark sniffing blood in water. He knew where it was. Uh, and I was, I was, as I say, I was lurking, lurking, literally lurking, and a Coors Light just flew from from the palm of a, a very good-looking woman, to which I just, to which man just did a forty-three-inch vertical, <laughs> and I caught it, and you know what? And and that's the thing, it, it's all fun. I think I think the live tour is so fun, and I think that it's going to change the game of golf. 100%. Whether I caught Why? the beer or not, that's a separate story. Well, you never drop a bit. If, if you're going to catch anything, it's going to be a beer. 100%. 100%. <laughs> this is quite bizarre. Come on, get out of it. So we want to touch a bit about gambling in this episode, didn't we? Yes, we, we did say we'd, we'd discuss a little bit of the gambling. And I think that gambling creates that competition level, doesn't it? Whether it be five dollars, whether it be five hundred dollars, it, it really does. It brings along your golf game as well as the opponent's golf game, no matter what the handicap. And from what I've experienced, it's it's one of those aspects of golf where it doesn't matter the number. You just want to beat that opponent. I don't know about you, but I really feel yeah. like gambling just you just want to win. You just want to beat that opponent. I mean, at, you know the what I'm end, saying? at the end of the day, nobody wants to lose their own money, whether it's one dollar or a hundred dollars. You know, mm-hmm. like you want to play well, you want to beat the opposition, you want to take the cash, and you want a free bar tab. That's just <laughs> how it is. It is, it is, because you know for a fact that if you're winning, you don't have to, you don't have to pay for anything. Absolutely, it's it's the it's the beauty of the 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 gambling world. And just before uh, we left to, to come up north, um, I was in a uh, in a match where it was five hundred dollars closest to the pin for the players on every par three. So you know you could potentially win two thousand dollars if you win every par three. For me, nice. that ju- that that just all of a sudden just makes it spicy. You know what I mean? You know what's also quality at, on the gambling side of things, from a looping perspective, yeah. is is the caddy challenge, the infamous caddy challenge. Yes. That there's nothing quite like it. You've been lugging a bag. You're on. You come to the sixteenth 
17th hole, par 3, and out of nowhere, they're like, all right, boys, caddy challenge. Hits you out of nowhere. You've just been told you've got, you've got to swing a club. Shoulders are aching. Your back's hurting. Money's on the line. Bib is off. Bib comes off. <laughs> Buck your hat comes off. All you got to do, hit the green, boom. The, the, the controversy comes if you're looping with, I don't know, a guy that doesn't play golf or is not a good golfer. Do you split the winnings if you win the cash? What's the ethics behind it? So, it, that, that is a good one. Because if, if, if you're one of four caddies, which we are down south, because we, we normally caddy in threesomes or foursomes, I feel like no matter who wins, $20 on the line, $100 on the line, whatever it may be, you've just got to split it. Because at the end of the day, the caddies are benefiting from the situation. So say if it's $100, or, or eighty dollars, or whatever it may be. That's an extra twenty, thirty, forty bucks in your pocket, easy, without without even, you know, without even hesitation. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, it is the right thing to do to split it. Don't get me wrong. It is, it is. unless I've it's had... unless it's going like far beyond a hundred dollars, which I haven't experienced. But there's there's a lot of times when one of my favorite uh, scenarios was. Um, I had one of the guys who um, I was carrying for and he I, I told him it was 155 yards it's a 9-iron standard for him but with the wind in consideration I told him listen hit a little A-iron to which then he hit perfect A-iron two bounces boom straight in the hole and he told me he goes <laughs> we or if I make a hole in one it's $500 we're going to Vegas I wish no. that would be unbelievable it was $500 they do $500 hole in one times four I mean that's $2,000 so automatically that's put that puts $500 in everyone's pocket just because I, I told them the right yardage and I say boom straight in uh, straight in the hole and it was it was it was one of the it was one of the funnest loops I've ever seen because we were just talking about that um, one of the clubs that he's a member of uh, one of the, the first hole in ones in America I ever had and yeah it, it, but it doesn't matter you know what I'm saying like it, yeah I took all the credit or it was my guy or whoever it was but <laughs> you, t- you took all the credit you didn't hit the shot I didn't hit the shot but I told him that he's got it up club what was the best gambling story you've heard or you've seen one of the better stories from our gaff down in Florida is, is it was the week of the Vals bar a certain tour player do, do we name the player Patrick Reed he All missed right. the, he missed the cut and he came to play the golf course that we are caddying for down south to which then he interacted with one of the members who invited him out because he missed the cut and he stood on the first tee and he said listen I have shots you play of scratch we'll play for $5,000 and to, to, to him, $5,000, Patrick Reed, is, is nothing. It's like $5. But it's that element of competition. And he drives a Rolls-Royce himself. So for him, $5,000 is probably the same as Patrick Reed. And by the ninth hole, I, I think he was one or two down, and he doubled the bet. So it was $10,000 straight up, shots included, and... 
honestly, as I say, we we both weren't involved, but we heard the story, and it was it was one to really appreciate, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I do know the member, and I know I'm well. I can tell you for a fact, beverages were definitely involved. Oh, 100%. And he he's a little he's a bit of a character, but it's just a quality story, like the audacity to take on a tour pro, and say first of all, you want to play for five k? Actually, you know what? I'm in a hole. Let's play for ten k. It's just it's just an absolute quality script. It really is. The the audacity on him. I mean that that is that is quality. So. Basically, he lost, I think, two and one, and obviously he lost lost the money. And so Patrick Reed basically missed the cut, made zero dollars, but then ended up winning ten thousand. That's brilliant. <laughs> P. Reed has just made all his travel expenses for the Valspar. Ah, uh, quality. Talk about match play. Big week, wasn't it? A Foxhall match between me and you, or between me and you, my players v your players. Yeah, but can can we first of all talk about your reaction? Oh, God. It, it was one of the funniest things I've seen all week. So we we have the, <laughs> the track we're at. They they have this big match play event. It's just straight knockout. Goes I don't know how many teams goes all the way through like quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. It's a quarterfinal matchup. Up we, north. Yeah, we caddy for a team each. So we have two bags each, two teammates each. Marcus has occasionally an issue with this one particular person that essentially seems to request him now he does i don't so, know why so we rocked up yesterday and he even said to me oh boy i really hope it's not this this fella today i'm just not in the mood for him we didn't know who it is because we don't get the names before we turn up so i'm up on i'm on the tee box i'm looking at the putting green i'm like oh, it's not very busy so and we're the next tee time in my head i'm thinking you know i think that I think that's Marcus's boy right there. And I said to him... He's not my boy. He's your boy. He is now. And I said to him, I was like... Didn't want it to be. I was like, dude, um, I think that's your boy. <laughs> and, and Crow's like, yeah, good one, man, good one. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm being serious, man. So Crow gets up, has a look through the fence at the putting green. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. He, he looks at him and he's seen him, he's clocked him. And he's he's turned his head back. He's looking at the floor, and he just sits down on the rocking chair, <laughs> as if someone has just like kicked him in the gut. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. No words had to be spoken to know how he felt. And I just I just loved every second of it. You did. I loved every second of it. <laughs> I really did. It, awful. It, he's not a bad guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> he really is a great guy. He's not a bad guy. He's top boy. Uh, but well, ended up ended up being an, a very good match in the sense of when I say a very good match was my two guys weren't very good, and your guys were off probably two or three handicap and six or seven handicap compared to my ten and probably fifteen handicap, and ended up taking the W, two and one. Yes, I mean your guys played well, my guys didn't. Was it my fault? Obviously not. But, you know. No, I know. So I guess now he's either my regular or he's my guy. He's which... your regular. And your guy. <sighs> he's not. Your boy. Oh, oh. Oh, oh, you lucky little rascal. We kind of want to touch a little bit on the funniest story of the week. 
and I think Ferdy, the bald man himself, has to which I think is probably the funniest story to date. You think so? No, it, it is a quality story. And I'll be honest, I'm a little bit annoyed because I wanted to save it for the pod. However, you have since found out the story. So it's not going to be quite as funny. But to the audience, it should still be quite hilarious. Shall, shall, I, shall I rattle through it? Go on then. Okay. Tell us. Okay, so we had a tournament. I was with this fella for two days. Very, very interesting chap. So, it, long story short. So he tells me he has a Super Bowl party at his house. He's got all the boys around. They're all watching the game, like on the beverages, having a great time. He has a pet dog. The dog comes in during the game. The dog has a rabbit in his mouth. So he's thinking, oh, bloody hell. Dog's got a rabbit. It's dead. It's going to bleed. There's fur, feathers, whatever it is, everywhere. He goes, has a look at it, got to get it out of the house. He looks at it, it's not a common outdoor grey rabbit. So he's thinking, well, that's interesting. Why would, they not, why would it not be a common rabbit? And then, boom, it clicks. His neighbours have recently moved in. And they have a rabbit hutch. And their little daughter has a pet rabbit that's in the hutch. And it's black and white with spots. And he looks at this corpse and he's like, oh my God, my dog has just brought in the corpse of that little girl's rabbit. <laughs> so this man is panicking. This man is in trouble now. He's just killed a little girl's rabbit. So these guys are a little intoxicated. So they're thinking, what do we do now? So <laughs> they decide in their drunken stupor, what they're going to do is they're going to go back in the middle of the night, 3, 4 a.m., put the corpse of this rabbit back into the little girl's outdoor rabbit hutch and leave the door open insinuating that a fox or some kind of wild creature has got in there killed her bunny and just run away and left the corpse so they, they do that they come back and he thinks boom job's done happy days so Super Bowl's over a couple of days go by this guy is he's he's out front and he sees he sees the neighbor the dad from the neighbor house and he, he has a word and he's like hey how's it going how's it going is uh, all good he's like you're liking the neighbor he's like yeah neighborhood neighborhood's great neighborhood's <laughs> great neighborhood's great however i tell you what there, there's got to be a couple of sick-minded people <laughs> in this town really sick people so the guy says oh why is that what's got you thinking that and then he, he explains to the guy, he says, well, you see, my, my daughter, we, we got her a pet rabbit. The rabbit lives in the hutch. We came back from work and, and the rabbit was dead. And we didn't have the heart to tell her that, that the rabbit had died. So we thought, rather than have to explain to her that it's died and then have a big funeral, etc. We thought, what we'd do is, we'd take the rabbit we'd bury it in the undergrowth in the hedge and then we'll just tell our daughter that the rabbit opened the door got out the hutch is playing with her friends hopefully the rabbit will come back the door obviously was a little bit confused but not crazy upset because it, she's young it's believable so anyway 
So the daughter goes out into the garden one day to find the hutch is open. However, there's now a corpse of a bunny <laughs> in the hutch. She runs to her parents, screaming like, the bunny, my bunny's dead, my bunny is dead. <laughs> so what, what the man is insinuating is that these guys, in their effort to do the right thing, have essentially had their dog dig the corpse of the buried rabbit out of the hedge, (laughs) then replace it into the hutch. And the little girl who thought that her rabbit went away to play with her friends has now been brutally butchered (laughs) by a dog, and she's now scarred for life. And it was just one of the wildest, most shocking stories I've ever heard. It's 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 the best case scenario. They've they've done the 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 deed of which they've thought, okay, oh shit, we, we you know the dogs killed the the rabbit. We're going to put it back there and just come up with a story, to which you don't know the backstory, do you? It, it, it's just one of those. You think you've done the right thing, but you've actually done the worst possible thing you could ever have done. You've ruined that little girl's life. Forever. Alright, so I think that we should we should end the story on the situation within the caddies we had today. So, I always find it quite interesting when I go to another club and we compare caddies. We stood on the second tee box and I turned to Faraday and I go, mate, he's got an ankle bracelet on. Yeah, no, honestly, I clocked it on number one. But I didn't you clocked to, it on number one? Did I you? didn't want to say anything. Oh, Christ. Well, I clocked on number two when I was like, this man has an apple... That's the, That was the funny thing. thing. He's actually designed it. Yeah. He's literally, put, he's literally put an apple sticker on his anklet bracelet. And that's the most outrageous thing I've ever seen. And from then, he, he's actually a good caddy. And the reason why he, he had the ankle bracelet on is because he had a DUI in Florida. And he was obviously going up north to caddy. And the reason why he still had it on was because he basically had to loop, go home, loop, go home. For <laughs> what? How how long was it? I think it was. What like if a month. what if man's got to do extra holes in a match? That is very true, actually. But what are you like? What are you doing? Like, are you also doing... we're also skipping the point, right? It's not a traditional DUI. This man was driving a boat. A boat. Yeah, it wasn't actually a car. Sorry. When I say DUI, this man was was ushering billionaires at Bayoun around the golf course, to which then he took them back to the city on a boat. Quality. Intoxicated. And he was my caddy. And he was actually very good. And 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 and, and, and that's the uh, the stereotype of, of, of what you know, we presume that caddies are just degenerates and, and that's a prime example. All day he gave me great lines, great reads, and he comes out with that. It, it is it honestly is elite, like you can't write it. You, you <laughs> cannot make it up. The man's got a DUI shuttling members on a boat from Bayonne Golf Club to Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> He's driving past the Statue of Liberty, absolutely rattled on transfusions. <laughs> Great story to end, isn't it? Great yeah, story. That is end. actually quite a good uh, ending point because we could perhaps delve next episode on alcohol and some alcohol stories. I know. I want. I actually want to. I think that's a that's a great ending to the, to the uh, to the pod. So episode five, we're going to talk about 
alcohol consumption. Just the week in the in the loop. The week in the loop. I think it's going. You to never another... know what happens. We could have a day like today, out of nowhere. Boom. We're playing. We're playing Liberty National. Who knows? Could be anything. It could be. So please like, subscribe, and we want to hear feedback. We want to hear what you guys think. And we'll be here live from the Dunny, same time next week. Absolutely. Episode five next week. Subscribe. Tell your parents. Tell your friends. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye.